Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, our final hour here on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome in. It's been a long day, you know, New York State legalizing sports betting. That happened this morning, so, uh, you know, we chatted about that earlier. We had just had Connor Rogers on from Bleacher Report. If you missed any of that, of course, head to WGR550.com, on-demand audio. We also had uh, Elena Getzenberg of ESPN and, uh, and earlier on Matt Verderam of Fansided. And now our final guest of the day, Tyler Dragon, joins me now on the Wester Hotline of USA Today Sports. Tyler, first of all, thanks so much, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking some time on your weekend to join us here to uh, to chat some ball. It's um it's weird because it's week eighteen and we have it. So I did a little research. There actually has been a week eighteen before. I believe it was nineteen ninety three when the league had two bye weeks for whatever reason they had that. I don't know why that was, but it was a little young for me to remember that. I think it might have been like one or two years old. So this isn't the first time, but it certainly feels like the first time we've got a week eighteen. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like the first time for me, too. I was young as well. And it's funny because I did some research uh, this week, too, because I was wondering why I've been hearing and seeing that there was another week 18 in NFL history. And I did research, too, and uh, soon, uh, sure enough, found out that uh, in the early 90s, there was a week 18 as well. So it's not the first time we've had a week 18 but it definitely feels like a, a unique experience and there are uh, a few games with huge playoff implications uh this weekend and um the last one um the finale has probably the biggest playoff implications uh between the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders in a win and get in uh, scenario well, I had some notes to take on, you know, kind of where I wanted to go with you today. And then, you know, I ended up taking up a full piece of paper because there's just so many good storylines going into the playoffs. But <laughs> you kind of mentioned the, I think, probably the most exciting thing that, and, and probably what the league was hoping for when they made this format was they probably wanted more playing in, uh, you know, winning in scenarios. They're not getting it. There's a lot of seating at stake over this weekend, but let's talk about that Chargers and Raiders matchup. And there is a lot of chatter about the Raiders, particularly, you know, is Jim Harbaugh going to come back to the NFL and coach the Raiders? Besides that, how impressive to you would it be if the Raiders do end up winning this football game and finding their way in the playoffs, considering where they were five weeks ago, which I'll be the first to tell you, I wrote them off as dead. I don't if – you're, if you're a person who's still trying to say, I believe the Raiders were going to go on this run and make the playoffs – yeah, you're lying to yourself and everybody else. So, like, where do you stand on the Raiders as a franchise? They win this game. They're probably still going to 
go out and go try to get a big name at head coach, regardless if they make the playoffs or not. But what are your thoughts about this team kind of rallying around over the last couple of weeks to get themselves in a position to play in this game? Yeah, I've uh, written a couple columns on USA Today Sports Plus and um, talking about how remarkable it would be for the Raiders to win this division. Well, not win, but go into the playoffs, considering everything they had to overcome this season, all the adversity. You had a former coach in John Gruden resign over racist and misogynistic emails. Then you had their deep threat, arguably their best wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, um, get arrested for drunk driving, Damon Arnett. <laughs> so, it, I mean, what they have been able to go through and all the adversity, it's been unprecedented. And for Rich Passaccia to rally this team, for Derek Carr to be a captain and, you know, rally the team together, it's truly been remarkable because you look at the AFC West division, you have the Kansas City Chiefs and you have the Los Angeles Chargers. Those are the two premier teams in the division. But right now you have a Las Vegas Raiders team on the doorstep of getting into the division. They have everything right in front of them to get into the playoffs, beat this uh, L.A. Chargers team. They're at home. So it's really a remarkable feat if they are uh, able to get into the playoffs because, as you just said, I, I wrote them off um, after like probably week 10, week 11, just because of everything they have been, uh, gone through this season. It's truly been unprecedented. You, ha- We have never seen a season like the Las Vegas Raiders mm. have, have had to endure because of just the tumultuous, all-filled issues that they have had to uh, go through. Yeah, listen, I, I, it is such a unique c- scenario, and I wonder what you believe their best course of action is this offseason. Like, I like Derek Carr. I think he's probably underrated, but more, like more or less, they probably we saw his ceiling this year at times. We also saw his floor this year, which is a tough place when you're a veteran quarterback to see so much of both. Um, I wonder if you believe that sticking with Carr moving forward is the best course of action, regardless of what they do at head coach, considering the roster, at least in the offensive weapon area, like they're going to need to make some moves because losing Henry Ruggs clearly, clearly played a huge impact on the success of this offense. And those guys don't just grow on trees. What do you imagine this team does? Are they sticking with with Carr moving forward, regardless of who the head coach is? Or or do you see, and I guess really this question revolves around whether or not you think Mayock is back next year. You know, I, I do think the Raiders should stick with Derek Carr because then you have to look, okay, well, who are you going to get to replace him? Uh, I know a lot of people are pointing at Russell Wilson may have one foot out the door. Aaron Rodgers may have one foot out the door in Green Bay, but that is an unlikely scenario. Derek Carr, he's fourth in the NFL in passing yards right now, has 21 touchdown passes. He's having a pretty good season, and he's been to the Pro Bowl before. He's a top 15 quarterback. Now, is he one of those top five franchise cornerstone guys? Probably not, but those guys are few and far between. Uh, For Las Vegas Raiders team, he gives you a chance to win week in and week out. We just saw the Las Vegas Raiders during the holidays on Thanksgiving going to AT&T Stadium and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Derek Carr was the engineer behind that. So I, I really think that they should give Derek Carr 
more of a chance. The offensive line needs to be shored up a little bit. The loss of Henry Ruggs is a huge loss. Maybe get another deep threat in free agency or the draft and shore up that defense. The Raiders' defense has been inconsistent this year. So there are problems with the Raiders, but I would not start that list off with Derek Carr. He's way down the list, and he's actually one of the bright spots from this Las Vegas Raiders team. And then you have to look at the leadership standpoint. Derek Carr has been a very good leader on that team. When they were going through the John Gruden situation, when they were going through the Henry Ruggs situation, Derek Carr was always front and center, and he was being not only just a model teammate, but just a, a spokesperson for the franchise, somebody that the team and the fan base can rally around because they were going through all that adversity, and Derek Carr was a calming voice in and out of the locker room. So that should gain some respect as well, and that should be recognized. Ty, let's go on the other side and talk about the Chargers, who I sim I, I can't I, I I can't put my finger on them. Are they good? Are they really <laughs> bad? Um, we know the quarterback is really good, like re and, and probably has superstar potential moving forward. I love the ideology, the mindset of the head coach, how he coaches in in-game situations. I love everything about him. That might be one of the best defenses in terms of personnel in the league, but they're probably one of the worst defenses in the league as a team, as a unit. What do you make of them, and what are their chances in the AFC, assuming they can make their way into the playoffs? Well, if inconsistency had a team name, it would be the Los Angeles Chargers. They're the model of inconsistent play. For them to you know, be in playoff contention and then to lay an A, against the Houston Texans, that was just emblematic of the Chargers itself because they really don't have an identity on defense. What do they lay their hat on? Now, they have some key players, as you mentioned, and Derwin James and Joey Bosa, but if they, they've been in and out of the lineup uh, due to various reasons. And without them, the defense takes several steps back, and they look like one of the worst units in the league. Lucky for them... When they are on the field, they do look like maybe a, a top 15-ish defense. Sometimes they even play like a top 10 unit, like last week when they held the Broncos to 13 points. So the thing for them is Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. That is what needs to be their calling card. Defense wins championships at the end of the day. I know everybody says Offense, offense, offense in the league is a passing league. But if the Chargers shore up their defense, their secondary is pretty good, but get more of a pass rush, help Joey Bosa out, you'll see more consistent play out of them. And really, the um, key storyline for coming into this game against the Las Vegas Raiders is which defense shows up. Mm. The better team with the better defense performance, whoever can rush the passer, the best will probably end up winning the game. The reason why the Chargers beat the Raiders in week four is because they got after Derek Carr and held them scoreless for a a whole half, and the Chargers were able to run away with it. So whichever defense shows up to play tomorrow night at uh, Allegiant Stadium will be the team to win the game. But the Chargers, it's just been inconsistent play from them week in and week out. 
We've got Tyler Dragon here on the Wester Hotline joining me, talking some NFL storylines. He covers the league for USA Today and USA Today Sports Plus. And Tyler, I, before we continue talking about uh, uh, you know playoff teams, I wanted to switch gears and ask you about the Giants, who I think are probably one of the most interesting storylines going into the offseason just based on what they're what the hell they're going to do because the, the talk <laughs> is and the expectation is, is after Sunday on Monday that Dave Gettleman is going to step away and retire, which we know he's not retiring willingly he's taken the the proud way out he has not been successful there um at all I I I think is a is is a nice way and respectful way of me putting it but from the sounds of this Tyler Joe Judge is sticking around and so is Daniel Jones that's it's not exactly a team that's like in a window or anything but it feels like the roster is pretty darn good, and the quarterback is continually holding them back, and so is the head coach, and so is the general manager. They're getting rid of one of those three issues. What do you believe their best course of action is? But And, and I think the follow-up question is, you may know what their best course of action is, but do you think they'll actually do it? Well, they do need to go in a different direction, not only at general manager, but probably head coach. It's not working out with Joe Judge on the sideline there. And I think the jury is still out on Daniel Jones. Uh, He's another quarterback that's been inconsistent. He only has, what, 10 touchdown uh, passes this year and seven interceptions. So he he has struggled this year. There's no denying that. The Giants need to be a run-oriented team. And the problem is Saquon Barkley has been in and out of the lineup as well. But their offense needs to go as Saquon Barkley goes. And then their defense as well. Like I do like they have some good pieces on the defensive side of the football. They're able to rush the quarterback a little bit in their defensive line. And front seven is good. But their secondary needs to be shore up a little bit. Logan Ryan hasn't performed well since they signed him to that uh, big-time contract. Adoree Jackson's been hit or miss. So the, the Giants, when, when I look at the NFC East, it's not just the Giants. So as a whole, they have some catching up to do uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are far and away the best team in that division. I know the Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs, but nobody really thinks the Philadelphia Eagles are on par with the Dallas Cowboys when healthy. Um, so it's not just the um, Giants. I look at that entire division, the Washington football team, the Eagles, and the Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys, they're just running away with the division, and it doesn't look like any of the other three teams are anywhere close uh, in the talent level to the Dallas Cowboys. So the Giants, they have a lot of uh, improving to do on both sides of the ball, starting with Daniel Jones. But they need to really figure out their identity as well. And it should be run behind their star running back, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and we'll see. I I would almost imagine that, you know, based on what they've given him, uh, you know, drafting him as high as they did with Barkley and the relative lack of success that he's had, um, inability to be available and stay on the field for them. I wonder if that's something they, they might consider moving on from this offseason. But, like, you, you kind of walked me into my next question by bringing up the Cowboys, which is, you know, obviously they, they, they put up a stinker last week against the Arizona Cardinals. But right now, there may not be a more dominant defense in football than the Dallas Cowboys. Can that propel them 
to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender moving into the playoffs, knowing that it feels pretty wide open in the NFC. We know that Brady and the Buccaneers, the no Chris Godwin probably hurts their chances, and now they don't have Antonio Brown. What do you make of the Cowboys' chances of being the representative for the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl? That That's a really good question. I have the Packers uh, as the probably team going out of the NFC. They just look like a more complete team to me. And then I would have the Rams as the second best team in the NFC, followed by the Cowboys. So if I had to make a prediction, it would be the Packers, second the Rams, and then third the Cowboys. Now, when I look at the Cowboys, yes, their defense that has been playing well, headlined by Micah Parsons, should be NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, might even be the Defensive Player of the Year as well. Um, but their offense has, hasn't been as good as I would have liked them to be. Dak Prescott has had his moments. CeeDee Lamb has had his moments. But Amari Cooper, he hasn't played uh, up to that number one Pro Bowl level week in and week out. And then Ezekiel Elliott, their running game, has kind of lost a step, and that's because Ezekiel Elliott has lost a step a little bit. Now, he still has over 900 rushing yards. He's still uh, a really good running back, but he's not the Ezekiel Elliott of old that could, you know, break off a 40-, 50-yard run. He's more like a downhill runner now that gets you three, four yards of carry. He's not that runner that can, like, explosive anymore and that's mainly um, because of his age and his injury history that's why they have Tony Pollard um, you know giving him a spell from time in and time out but when I look at this Cowboys team as a whole I still think that they are a few pieces away from being able to go into Green Bay and winning a playoff game or even to go to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles Mm. and uh, win a playoff game against the Rams team. Tyler um you know, I, I think with the NFC, it's an interesting – you mentioned the Rams and the Cardinals too. Like, I think those are the teams with the Cowboys that, that could really do some damage in the NFC. But as for the AFC, with the top five or six teams, it feels like it's wide open. Where do you put Indianapolis in that conversation in the AFC? Well, if Jonathan Taylor keeps on running wild, <laughs> they're as good as anybody. They turn – uh, the ball over a, a lot uh, on defense. They force turnovers. I do like that uh, part of their defense. But Carson Wentz is a question mark to me. If, if he's handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 20, 30 times a game and their defense is creating turnovers, I do like their chances to possibly get to the ASC championship game. I think that's their ceiling. I don't see them in the Super Bowl. I say all the time on a, it's a football podcast, my podcast with USA Today Sports Plus, that the Chiefs are the class of the division. I know you're in Buffalo. You guys probably hate me saying that. But <laughs> I do have the Chiefs as the number one team in the yeah. conference. Um, however, when I see this Colts team, I probably have them behind the Titans, of course, behind the Buffalo Bills. And I, I think – the Patriots, I know they uh, beat the Patriots um, a couple weeks ago, but I think the Patriots are a, more of a contender than the Colts, too. Well, that, I mean, I have to ask you then about the Titans because, listen, the Titans, I have been with Derrick Henry. I thought that they were giant pretenders. They lose to the Jets, um, they lose to Houston. 
and yet they're going to secure the number one seed, and Mike Vrabel's probably going to ha- – I mean, he almost by, de- by default has to win the coach of the year. I know that I'm supposed to say that I'm worried about them as a number one seed because they're getting a bye week and all they have to do is win two games to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not worried about them at all, Tyler. Like, I, I don't view them as a legitimate threat, and it's because the quarterback. And this year did a lot for me to confirm what I always thought about Tannehill, which was that Arthur Smith did a ton to revive, you know, Tannehill's career. Arthur Smith leaves in the offseason. He's now the head coach in Atlanta, and it has been a very different story in what I believe, and Greg Olson, I believe, is their offensive coordinator. Um, like, it's not a thing that scares me. And I know in the second half of that Bills matchup, they were really able to exploit the Bills' defense in the pass game with that play action and A.J. Brown. But, like, short of not having Derrick Henry, he is – and Derrick Henry opens up – I mean, you you give Derrick Henry to any quarterback. You give Derrick Henry to Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is having a Hall of Fame career for the rest of his life. He's throwing five, 6,000 yards. Like, that's how, that's how much Derrick Henry opens things up for quarterbacks. So, with that said – if they get Henry back, which I think is the expectation is that they will, what are your expectations for them in terms of are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender or do you expect them to be a one and done? I do, but I guess it would depend on the matchup that they get in the divisional round. Wow, you expect them to be yes. one and done. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. Now, the Titans, to me, they're like the Colts, but with more talent on offense all mm-hmm. around. Uh, when you look at their receiving course with A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones, if, if Ryan Tannehill doesn't blow up the place, they should at least win one playoff game. And then you can't undersell Derrick Henry coming back. He was running away with the league rushing title before he injured his foot in week eight. Him coming back to the lineup opens things up entirely for that offense. That's a huge relief for Ryan Tannehill. He doesn't have to be – uh, the playmaker making all the decisions, just hand the ball off to your workhorse running back and let Derrick Henry rumble. And they, if Derrick Henry is the running back from week eight when he rushed for over 900 yards in eight games, the Titans have a legitimate chance of making the Super Bowl. Their defense is playing well. They just don't need Ryan Tannehill to do too much. Deliver the football when necessary to A.J. Brown, Julio Jones on the outside, but they need to give the football to Derrick Henry 25 times a game Mm. and let him ride him, if he is healthy, ride him all the way to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC Championship game. If Derrick Henry is healthy, I have the Titans in the AFC Championship game for sure. I think if they have to face off in the divisional round against a team like A, Buffalo, or B, Cincinnati, I don't like their matchups against those teams. I think Buffalo should have beaten Tennessee in that first matchup. Um, they didn't, obviously. And and on top of that, I just think at the end of the day, the playoffs, Tyler, really comes down to quarterbacks. And I know that you know, you're going to have a couple of teams that got here because of the running back play, Indianapolis being one and uh, and Tennessee being the other, and I know some other things happened for them to get in and get the one seed, but 
when it comes down to those games in the playoffs and crunch time, it comes down to teams are going to take away what you do best and force your quarterback to beat you. And I don't believe Carson Wentz, I don't believe Ryan Tannehill are going to be able to go up against Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, the 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 top tier quarterbacks in the division, even Herbert. I think I would like the Chargers against Tennessee, um, even if those two ended up playing at some point in the division round. I I just think it's it ends up being a quarterback game in the playoffs, and they just don't have the horse um, to go up against the league's best, which really are in the AFC and these young quarterbacks. You know, I I agree with you to an extent, but we've seen Joe Flacco win the Super Bowl. <laughs> we've seen we've seen Trent. Dilfer damn you for throwing that in my face, because that's a good rebuttal. Damn it. <laughs> we, we've seen Trent Dilfer win the Super Bowl. True. And, yeah. Uh, opposing defenses know that Derrick Henry is the identity of the Titans offense and they still haven't been able to stop him yet (laughs) opposing defenses know that Jonathan Taylor is the key to stopping the Indianapolis Colts and Bill Belichick wasn't even able to do that so you can know what the team's identity is and what they like to do all you want but can you stop it everybody knows Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs he's going to go to Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, but has any team stopped it? Now, I know that's passing as opposed to running the football, but in the playoffs, it's about imposing your will no matter what the opponent tries to do. And even last in last year's Super Bowl, it wasn't Tom Brady. He wasn't the main reason why the Bucks won that Super Bowl. It was Tampa Bay's defensive line imposing their will against a banged-up Chiefs offensive line. That's what won them the game. It had nothing to do with quarterback play because you can make an argument. Patrick Mahomes was still the best quarterback in that game because he was mm-hmm. running for his life. <laughs> yes, he was. Passes and making amazing throws when he was uh, perpendicular to the yeah. ground. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it all, it's all about imposing your will and doing what you do best in the playoffs and being the most dominant team at what you do. So, I, I agree with you to an extent, but – Defense and good running games is still a really good recipe for winning postseason games in the playoffs. And the Tennessee Titans definitely have that. They just don't need Ryan Tannehill to be turnover prone. And the Indianapolis Colts have that too, but not to the level of the Tennessee Titans. So that's why I like them. However, when I look at the AFC as a whole, the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, are the most complete team in the AFC. And in the NFC, it's the Green Bay Packers. They're the most complete team. And plus, it's really hard to go to Lambeau Field and win games in that cold weather. Tyler, thank you so much, man, for being so uh, generous with your time and joining me on a Saturday afternoon. I really appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend slate of games and the playoffs coming up. Let's do this again soon, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. All right, my man. Tyler Dragon there of USA Today Sports joining me on the Western Hotline. I'm going to take a timeout. Trey Wingo was on the afternoon show yesterday. We'll play that back for you. That's coming up next here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. We are going to go back to yesterday. Chopin Bulldog had uh, Trey Wingo of Caesar Sportsbook uh, join them. Obviously, today the the big news is across the country or across the state, anyways, is the uh, legalization of mobile sports betting. So Trey Wingo joined Mike and Chris yesterday on the afternoon show. Pleased to be joined by the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesar's Sportsbook. He's on the West Her Hotline as we speak. Tomorrow is the big day where mobile sports betting launches in New York State, 9 a.m. Trey, nice timing. I mean, <laughs> if, for us to uh, have this opportunity to talk to you today and sort of look forward to tomorrow morning, for those of us who are uh, so inclined, is exciting. Yeah, it's like it, it's like it was planned that way. It's crazy, right? <laughs> good, to, good to be with you guys on what should be a really fun weekend for Buffalo Bills fans. Yes, possibly the AFC East Championship. Week 18, I mean, whatever, the last week of the season. It's challenging yeah. for handicapping, isn't it? it? It really is, and this season has been a challenge, you know, handicapping all the way along. But right now, if you're the Bills, you got to like your situation. You know, they're, they're plus 800 to win the Super Bowl, fourth best odds right now, according to Caesar Sports. And uh, if you want to have a game that's a win and win the division, the Jets are like a Christmas gift. I mean, they've lost 11 straight division games, and you guys have beat them three in a row. So you couldn't be happier about the situation that's in front of you if you're a Bills fan. You know, it stands out to us, Trey, like all all year, like the season begins, Chiefs and Bills, Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. And, you know, the road is winding, and, you know, it it can be a long season in certain ways, even though it's only – 
well, now 17 games. I almost still said 16. Um, <laughs> we'll get there it, eventually, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, it, the Bills were almost always still there even after they lost to Jacksonville and even after Indianapolis ran all over them. They've been pretty close to the top of the conference odds. And that, that, I don't know, is that interesting to you? It is because, look, the season is a twisty-turny thing, as you alluded to. But I always say this, and, and the Bills and Chiefs are the perfect examples. Play the long game. Do you believe in your quarterback in Buffalo? Yes. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with 100 touchdown passes and at least 30 rushing touchdowns in their first four seasons. Do you believe in your coaching staff? Yes, in Sean McDermott. Do you believe in your front office? Absolutely you do. And all of those things are true in Kansas City as well. Look, the the best way to describe it is sometimes the bleep goes sideways. You know, it's football. It's a weird-shaped ball. It's not round. And uh, the other team gets paid too. Uh, You know, play the long game. Believe in the people that have shown you the results before. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Buffalo and Kansas City are meeting in the AFC Championship game. That's that's uh, what they mean by buy the dip, isn't it? When the yeah. Bills lose the game to Jacksonville, if you believe in them, you know you, you sort of take Bulldogs right. The odds didn't move too dramatically for this team this year, but there there was some movement. So uh, I guess too late for that now. Uh, Tennessee, of course, is the one seed as we speak, and they have the Texans, which is also a pretty good draw for the yeah. final week. What, what's your confidence level in that team? Well, if they get Derrick Henry back, the confidence level changes dramatically. But I do have to say, look, you know, we're, we're in that sort of time of the year where we're all beginning to think, who's this, who's that, and you know, who's the MVP, and who's the offensive rookie of the year, and the defensive player of the year, and all that kind of stuff. The one thing I know with great certainty, I don't see how anybody but Mike Vrabel can be the coach of the year. I mean, think about it. Let's say Josh Allen misses nine games. Are the Bills going to be in line for an AFC East championship and potentially a, you know, a, a high seat in the playoffs? I don't think so. They lost their best player in Derrick Henry. and Their best player by a large margin. And they're still a win over the Texans away from being the number one seed in the AFC. To me, that's the one award I think I can lock down right now. Mike Vrabel is the coach of the year. He, he's not the betting favorite, though, is he? Isn't Zach Taylor the betting favorite? It's interesting, yeah, right? It is. And I think, again, that's a little short-sighted. Look, I love Zach. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've texted him a bunch of times during the season. We were all wrong when we said you should have taken Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. We get it. We messed up. But, you know, what Vrabel has done with less, I mean, if you could make the argument, and I think very convincingly, that the best group of young talent under the age of 25, especially on the offensive side, resides in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, uh, and I think T. Higgins are all under the age of 25. And those guys are going to be around for a long, long time. Zach has done an amazing job winning that first division title there since 2015. But nobody has done more with less, in my opinion, than Ryan Tannehill. I mean, let's just take a look at the quarterbacks we just mentioned in the AFC, right? Would you take Ryan Tannehill over Josh Allen? I would not. Certainly wouldn't take him over Patrick Mahomes. Not sure I'd take him over Justin Herbert. And I don't think I'd take him over Joe Burrow either. So he's not even in the top four or five in this conference and without their best player to help Ryan Tannehill, they're, they're the likely number one seed in the AFC. It's remarkable to me. With Trey Wingo, with Caesars, as tomorrow morning mobile sports betting launches in uh, New York State. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here.
We have met you once. I don't know if we'll be talking on a regular basis, but I wanted to do a little bit of this with you, Trey. So did Bulldog. We both we were on the air to start the day. Like we we sat with him in Detroit, right? Like yes, uh, Radio yeah. Row in Detroit. We we had a, a few minutes with you there. Super Bowl extra large. Super Bowl XL is right. And my wife would probably want me to to have have you know that she went to Baylor. I think she would probably want oh, me to oh. tell you that. Heck so. yeah, good year for the Bears, by the way. National championship and college basketball under Scott Drew and Dave Miranda, Big Twelve championship, and won the Sugar Bowl. All about it. Pretty good, right? I mean, that's a pretty, they're pretty they're pretty good at everything. It seems uh, at at the time being Baylor. So good for you, yeah, good for them. Great. Yes. More from Trey Wingo, who is uh, covering sports uh, and gambling with Caesar Sportsbook. When we come back here on WGR. All right, welcome back to our final segment. More from Trey Wingo, who was on with Mike Shope and the Bulldog yesterday. So um, how about the NFC with also, I mean, you've got great quarterbacks, MVP favorites. I mean, I like Dallas as the as the year was playing out in terms of the odds, but I didn't like the Arizona loss, so I don't know. Um, yeah. who, are, who are How many realistic Super Bowl teams are, you, are there for you out of the NFC? That's a great question, and, and I, I think you have to say – more than you think because I just don't know. I, like, I, I think there have been more consistent teams in the AFC all year long, right? We mentioned a couple of dips with the Bills and the Chiefs, but we all knew they were going to be there. Like, the Cowboys, to me, I'm glad you brought them up. I think they have the highest ceiling and potentially the lowest floor. I mean, just the last two weeks, they absolutely destroy Washington, 56 points most all season long. They tie a franchise record, eight touchdown passes. Dak throws touchdown passes in the same game to a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and a lineman. That's never happened before in NFL history. And they follow that up with an absolute stinker against the Cardinals, who didn't have their best wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins and their best running back in Connor. Like, the Cowboys, I never know which week which Dallas team is going to show up. Look, obviously the Packers – sorry, there's a little construction going on here. I apologize. All the – you know, the, the Packers have been consistent, but – you know, we've seen the Packers in the last two NFC championship games, and one of them was at home, and they haven't found a way to finish the deal. So until I see them finish the deal, I'm, I'm not sure I can 100% believe in them either. And then there's, you know, Brady doing Brady-like things, which no one likes to talk about in Buffalo, but, you know, at 44, he leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, which I don't think people really appreciate that enough. And I, and I guess it's because we sort of expected it. He's 44. I did a, a podcast episode with Carson Palmer on my, on my uh, podcast, Half Forgotten History. He's like, Trey, I'm 40, and I pull things getting out of the car. I yeah, don't yeah. know how Tom Brady is doing this at the age of 44. Maybe the avocado ice cream thing is real. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. I, we were talking on our show yesterday how I had to walk, walk a dog on icy sidewalks, and my calves hurt afterwards because I was stepping yeah. differently than I normally step. And, like, here's Brady yeah. at 44. Like, you should not – you shouldn't win the MVP in the league the way I see it because you're pretty good at 44. But if you're leading the league in touchdowns and, and, and passing yards – I don't know. We talked a few times on our show this week, Trey, about how Rodgers is such a prohibitive favorite for that award, and I'm not sure I really get it. Like, I feel like Brady, you know, and I know I'm in Buffalo, so I, you know, know your audience. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. he's getting the, the the right amount of respect for what he's done this year. Look, I'm 100% with you, and I think Rodgers is probably going to win the award, but he has almost, now I get Rodgers has missed a game. I understand that. But, you know, Brady and, and the, the Bucks were also shut out in one game, and he has a thousand more passing yards, a thousand more passing yards 
than Aaron Rodgers. A thousand, okay? Aaron's not throwing for 800 in that one game he missed. So there's a wide discrepancy there. He has five more touchdown passes. Yes, I get it. He's thrown 12 more interceptions. But in Bruce Arians' offense, you're going to go trust your guys. And that's what Bruce wants, you know? Go go put it up there and let Mike Evans or Godwin, who's healthy, and Antonio Brown, when he wasn't, you know, make it, uh, make plays for you. And that's sort of the philosophy they have there. So I don't understand why it's such a done deal for Aaron Rodgers either. Believe me, I'm with you. By the way, I'm not Carson Palmer or even even Bulldog, but I downright fell getting out of my car yesterday on that ice. So uh, I, I just want to volunteer, contribute something to that part of the conversation. So, Trey, uh, if I may, I mean, I'll just put this one on a tee for you. Caesars, right? Like, we've got, we've got choices. and yeah. Tomorrow's day one. And with a couple of competitors in the field, I have personal experience through DFS, right? But right. not with Caesars. So what should we know? Well, look, first of all, Caesars has been around forever. The brand name is synonymous with, with gambling and, and sports gambling for many, many years in this country. But the Caesars Rewards, uh, the, the Caesars app plugs you into Caesars Rewards as well. So every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you gather points at Caesars that can be used for, you know, free stays, uh, free meals, free entertainment, all that kind of stuff. So even if you don't lose, or even if you don't win, you don't lose either by getting those points. And, you know, the thing about Caesars, which is great, is that there's a lot of people now there that used to work, and I used to work with at ESPN. So for me, it's basically just a lot of familiar faces in a different place doing the same stuff we've always did. I'm not a sharps guy. I'm not an odds guy. I'm, I'm the why guy. You know, like why – why are the Bills, you know, one of the favorites to win? Well, because they have a, a quarterback who's done things that no one else has done in NFL history before. You know, why uh, Why are the, are the uh, Lions, uh, you know, still competitive with a 2-13-1 record? They're 10-6 and six against the spread. And to put that in perspective, every other team that's 10-6 and six against the spread has either won their division this year or has a chance to win their division this weekend. Oh, I like that. So that tells me, yeah, right, that tells me that – you know, you, he's not winning games, but, my God, his players are competing for Dan Campbell, and that's why I think they have the potential to, to sort of ride out a miserable year and really turn things around there in, in what he's doing because there's no give-up in that Detroit Lions team. It's a good stat. All right. Well, thanks for this. We look forward to whatever partnership we're going to have here going forward. Do you have any questions for us? No, but just I just got to say, whenever I – you know, everyone has their favorite bill, right, because – uh, depending on who you are. But to me, when someone says Buffalo Bills, and I can't explain it, the first name I always think of when the words Buffalo Bills come to mind is Fred Smurless, and that will never <laughs> change for me. Like, that freaking Freddie Smurless there with that stash on that D-line, just ready to roll. He wasn't the best, but he was a hell of a lot of fun. And he, to me, he just embodies Buffalo. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, he's been in Boston. Is he still in the media bulldog in Boston? I haven't I thought about him I in a long know. time. I haven't heard his name attached to the, I mean, he was at WEI for a long time and I don't know that he's, he's yeah. there. Um, so I don't know what he's doing. In the days we were going to Super Bowls, we would always see Freddie because Absolutely. the Patriots were always playing. <laughs> so correct. That, that, that fell, that fell right for him. Okay. Very good. Trey, thanks for your time today. You got it guys. Anytime. Appreciate it. All right. Trey Wingo, our guest on the West Her Hotline, the one and only Trey Wingo, brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook. 
All right, that's Trey Wingo. A big thanks to all of my buddies that joined me today. Uh, thanks to Matt Verderam of Fansided. Thanks to Elena Getzenberg of ESPN, Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report, and Tyler Dragon of USA Today. Big thanks to all of them for joining me. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Pre-game coverage kicking off at 11. Uh, Buffalo Bills game day with myself and Jeremy White. That's tomorrow here on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.